following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Hey Troy, did you hear the did you hear the music playing? I did. The computer clock said three fifty. That's why I was thrown off. Yeah, my it's, it's uh, Friday. My clock is off too. Uh, my my computer said three fifty something, and then I come in here. I look at the clock. It's like four oh five. I was like, oh boy, what in the world? I was going to yell at you. Have, was, have all the computers just decided to that it's Friday and so they're done? I mean, that they can't keep track of time. Yeah, my clock currently on this computer it says three fifty six. So. That's what mine says. Sounds like we're going to need a little work around here this weekend, huh? I mean, it's not by, like by the tech staff. It's not Y2K or anything, you know? It's the clocks. There's no reason they should be different. I wonder if it gets back to that tech issue we were discussing just a few moments ago in the office. Yeah, like some of our software, like the server's down. Like I had to go print out all my notes, which is not nor- something I normally do. I just save it to one of our. Uh, one of our uh, software we use for to prepare for everything and what we read all our newscasts off of and if it goes down right the whole building is on fire pretty much yeah basically that's where we would be yes so i told sage i told sage i'd give you five seconds to walk in at second number two you walked in i was gonna yell at you on air i was gonna yell down the uh, literally hey troy literally heard the guitar riff sage you went to the med what else did you do in new york city um, By so the way, we, second day back for Sage, that's Troy, I'm Mitch. <laughs> well, I mean, we went to Central Park. I feel like that was something that you need to do when you go to New of York. Of course, and that's a given. But it was also one of those things where there's so many people there that I'm looking around like, do you guys have jobs? Or do you just kind of <laughs> hang out in the park? Well, you know, there is 8 million people. What, yeah. <laughs> what a Kansas thing to think. That, that is a Kansas oh, yeah. <laughs> 40 hours a week thing to say yes that that's just you look at somebody in a park it's two it. o'clock I in the it. afternoon on a weekday and you automatically assume they don't have a job <laughs> man that's what i think about like my neighbors like i don't usually come in until 10 11 noon. Mm-hmm. it just depends I, I also do some work at home like a lot of the emails i send i'll just knock it out while i'm at home and and then come in and start preparing for the show but i there's been a lot of times, and uh, by the way, uh, also welcome uh, Troy's Diet Coke, mm-hmm. that uh, I'll walk out of the house and it's like 11 a.m. and I might be in sweatpants still, you know, still in my casual wear. Right. And the mailman's driving by, there's the FedEx dude, and my neighbor comes out, like, they're probably thinking, I don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Pretty I'm much. I'm screwing around. I'm just some millennial that is uh, reaping the benefits of the government. And uh, one of those folks that decided uh, once, you know, like fast food restaurants start opening back up and people are hiring again, I just decided to stay home. No, that's not the case. It's not the case, but boy, they sure give you the looks, don't they? Kind of like Sage looking at people in Central Park and going, don't you have jobs? Where are you guys? Why are you all here? So (laughs) folks, just because somebody might be going for a walk at two in the afternoon on a Thursday... 
doesn't mean they don't have a job. I think of the they poor, just might not work the same hours I, you do. I was going to say I think of the poor guy working the convenience store overnight over here on Tuttle Creek Boulevard. Plus, it's NYC. I mean, people work at all hours. You know, you right? never know who you're going to run into. You never run oh, into no. the same person twice. Yeah, no, it and it's very bustling. Like that's something too that like I wasn't used to walking around and just running into people. And I'm also one of those people who apologizes when I bump into someone <laughs> and my boyfriend's like don't don't no, do that it, it's New <laughs> it's York <fine. laughs> get over that it's New York okay first of all like it's not New York to not apologize like you can apologize for somebody you can hold the door for somebody New York City people have manners too what I know I know they're just better drivers than Kansans are that's for sure Oh, hell no. They're kind of crazy, but I would not survive driving in New York. I, it, they're, But they're good at driving crazy. That's the thing. It's wild. I know. That's it's my kind of pace, too. Okay. I could be a little crazy behind the wheel, but not too crazy. So when are you racing NASCAR, then? Uh, not this weekend, okay. but, you know, there is sometimes I will race for a, a stoplight or something and mm-hmm. uh, beat a few cars and get first place. Mm-hmm. That's their fault. They're the ones driving lazy and slow and annoying. They're in a race they didn't even know they were in. <laughs> All right, let's um, get to actual business. Talk a little about a little bit of something here. Uh, I, I, Jerome Ting, of course, is going to be on the list as of today. I got so many papers here. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I'm not used to this many trees in my way. So um, it doesn't appear that Shane Southwell is going to be retained. Nothing is official yet, which, by the way, we do need to check in with Jerome Tang for just a moment. We need to check in. Uh, Coach, is uh, today a good day to be a Wildcat? It's a great day to be a Wildcat! Oh, he says it's a great day to be a Wildcat. Not just a good day, but a great day to be a Wildcat. I mean, even Bill Self agrees with him. Uh, You saw the video clip. the clip was... You know, chopped up enough that it, yes, said it's a great day to be a wildcat. I, I, I do have that saved for future reference. Oh, oh well, my God, why are you hogging it? Uh, we need to use it. It's still on video. Still on video. Video. So back to Shane Southwell for just a moment. Uh, if you missed it, uh, shout to Grand Flanders who posted it on Twitter. There was a, um, it was a video. Imagine that. In MP4 on um, on Instagram, and it was from Jareem Dowling's Instagram story. He is one of the coaches that is expected to be announced at mm-hmm. some point to be a new assistant coach for Jerome Tang. He's the one from North Texas, but it was on his Instagram story where he had Ulrich uh, Malingi Mal- Malagi. I think it's Malagi Malagi. Mm-hmm. Ulrich Malagy, and also Marco Bourne, who's from Alcorn State, who's expected to be the director of basketball operations. They're all on a private jet together. And Dowling decided to put that uh, Kanye West song that had drums in the house, watch your mouth. I don't remember what it's called. John Kurtz isn't on the show anymore. I'm not going to play it. But, man, were they styling and profiling on their way to Manhattan, Kansas. They're all on the plane together. The three mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. So two future assistant coaches and the director of basketball operations, the future one, of course, on the way to Manhattan, and that was last night. So they're here. They might be listening to the show right now, which if you are, 537-1350, we'd love to talk to you. It raised the question, because Alcorn State is in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. 
of course, Denton, Texas, the home of North Texas. And then um, you have uh, Ulrich Malagy. Or Malagy. 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 We'll figure it out someday. But he's in Austin, Texas. Was this private jet going location to location, or did they all meet up together? I would imagine the plane went location to location. Gene Taylor mm-hmm. uh, not sparing any expenses, even though gas prices are sky high right now. At least a lot of people feel like it is that way. But they should all be here now. However, there's been a, uh, a fourth name now that has been thrown in the mix. And this, is, this came out, uh, I believe it was this morning, it started to get the circulation around the social medias, and that the new name potentially is going to be Rodney Perry. I thought this was very interesting. He's actually been this season, this last season, coaching high school basketball. But he's had stops at Oral Roberts. He coached with Paul Mills, mm-hmm. who was a, f- a former assistant to Scott Drew at Baylor, and also a stop at UMKC. But where he was coaching was Link Academy. That's in Branson, Missouri. And he is uh, the last of the three assistants that is rumored to be an assistant coach under Jerome Tang. Okay. Now, what I find interesting about this is I, I, I think I see what he's doing, what Jerome Tang is doing. The first two names that were mentioned yesterday, fantastic recruiters, Texas guys, they know how to go get players and build programs. Now, when it comes to um, Rodney Perry, I really don't know a whole lot about his recruiting pedigree. Is he an excellent recruiter? Don't know a whole lot about that. But I think I see what Jerome Tang is doing. And that is he has recognized that this is a guy that's coached in the Kansas City area in Missouri, mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. So he probably has a lot of local, when I say local, like you know, surrounding area connections, not too far from Manhattan. Drivable distance right. of Manhattan, Kansas, if you know what I mean. But to add to that, he's coached at Link Academy. I mean, that's obviously a, a prep. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some really good players there. Mm-hmm. That Not only is he coached, but if he comes to K-State, maybe he could bring some players with him easier to recruit these guys for instance a 2022 player in julian phillips 6'8 small ford who has five stars next to his name according to rivals and he's the 14th ranked player in the class of 2022 oh ho it doesn't stop there there are two players in the class of 2023 that are playing for link academy and head coach Rodney Perry. Omaha Bilou, I'm guessing on the last name, B-I-L-I-E-U, or I-E-W, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2023 class, a 6'8 power forward, five stars, and the 18th ranked player in the class of 2023. Okay. This, is a, this is rivals I'm talking about. And then you have a four-star guard in Trey Green for the class of 2023. Point guard, 5'11", and the 110th ranked player nationally that are all playing in this last season for Rodney Perry. Do you, uh, do you see where I'm going with this? I, I see very, very brightly where you've highlighted this, it, yes. But just from what we know about him, what I, I should say what I know about him, it seems like this addition to the staff could have great benefits to it here in the near future. Mm-hmm. Now... Nothing is official yet, but we've named three guys 
that are potentially going to be assistant coaches. Well, obviously, there are three spots open, three guys that can go out there and recruit, go on the road, go talk to kids, bring them here, you know, all, you know, all the recruiting stuff. So what that does tell me and is it does look like very slim chances that yeah. Shane Southwell would be retained as an assistant coach at Kansas State. And if I'm Shane Southwell, I don't take anything less than assistant coach spot. Sure. Especially since now for a couple of years he's been at K-State in that role. Before that was at Robert Morris. The thing is, like, I am a little bit heartbroken if Shane doesn't stick around. I'm a big fan of Shane Southwell. He is a future head coach in college basketball, my opinion. However, if he's not retained at K-State, he is going to be just fine. When he was at Robert Morris, did a good job recruiting, and that team won its conference championship, won the NEC. Would have went to the NCAA tournament with that automatic bid, but it didn't happen because of COVID, Mm -hmm. and the NCAA tournament was canceled. But after that, Shane Southwell comes back to Kansas State, and it wasn't successful when it comes to an overall record where the team went, but he worked hard. And he used a transfer portal. He's a Harlem, New York guy. Mm -hmm. And what did he do this last year? He brought in a couple of guys Mm -hmm. out of the transfer portal from Harlem, New York. You have East Harlem and you have Spanish Harlem. Spanish was Marquise Noel. And then East Harlem, New York City was Ish Masood. And did what he could to make K-State a better program. He doesn't have the most prestigious resume out there. He's still very young. Shane Southwell just turned 30 last month. But he is going to be fine. He is going, if he moves on, he is going to land on his feet. He will end up somewhere where he has another opportunity to build his resume, make a team better, and and show that he is a really good coach, which I know for a fact he's a really good coach. This just comes down to a matter of networking. And in Jerome Tang's case... He has the guys in his network that he wants on staff, and the unfortunate part for K-Staters in this aspect is that, yeah, it means we're likely saying goodbye to Shane Southwell off that staff. Absolutely. Um, But you can't fault a new coach coming in with his ideas on who he wants on his staff right away. That tells me he's done his prep work in getting ready for this post in that he had guys in mind that he wanted to bring with him. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Drum Tang wants to bring in guys that he knows well. Exactly. And not just that relationship, but he wants guys that have extended relationships outside of their own. The connections. Like you said, the networking is Mm -hmm. big. Plus, these guys he's bringing in all have a lot of experience. And Ulrich Malagy, Malagy, we'll figure it out, he's 37, 38 years old, but he's been an assistant coach for gosh darn a decade and a half around the state of Texas, and he's killed it everywhere he's gone. Unfortunately, Shane Southwell right now just can't compete with that kind of resume. We'll take a timeout. More on Coach Tang here in just a moment, but it's also more from yesterday with the breakout sessions, things that we didn't get to yesterday, including with Athletic Director Gene Taylor and also Nigel Pack. That's up next on The Game. Am I missing something with the Better Call Saul music? 
You just played it randomly? Yeah, I just I, decided to play it. I knew it was coming back like for another season. I don't know when it starts, but I think it's pretty soon. Better Call Saul, the last season they had was by far the best. It was really good. Did you guys know today is National Peacock Day? I should have known that. Didn't do your job, morning show host. Uh, my mother-in-law should have known that and informed me. She's huge. Peacock well, you might person. also uh, know another reason why that is significant. They play tonight. Yeah, St. Peter's plays tonight. They are the Peacocks out of uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. I, th I believe that's where St. Peter's is. That is correct. Uh, but the 15 seed in the Sweet 16, they're just the third 15 seed, I believe, that make the Sweet 16, and they take on Purdue. Which, by the way, I mean, just like everybody else, my bracket is completely kaput. Oh, toast. Like, when it comes to the Elite Eight, I have one team left. One team, UCLA. That's that's all I have left. I have two teams left, and unfortunately, one of them is the imposters from down the highway. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they got to... Well, you know what? Go Providence. You know, Providence is a team you don't mess with. First of all, the mascot looks like a druid, even though it's some... I, I know it's some religious figure, I think. Friar, as in a... I don't know what a friar is. Monk. Oh, is it? A friar, I, I, I thought those the, made French fries. Essentially, the the friar is the same thing as a padre, is the same thing as a priest, is the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Neat. It's scary looking. I didn't think monks looked that scary. Their design on that is a little off, yes. Does the mascot wear flip-flops? Yes. How about that? How about that? More respect to uh, Providence. Way to go. Also, tonight you have uh, North Carolina UCLA, um, and then um, Iowa State-Miami, which is a matchup, of course, nobody would have predicted. Two no. double-digit seeds against each other in Sweet 16. Not like it doesn't happen. It's just that I wouldn't have expected Iowa State to make the second weekend. I wouldn't have expected Iowa State to get past the first round. Well, I take that back. I did have them that far, but I did because they played LSU. Yeah, that was the only reason that I had them getting that far, and it was an ugly ball game. Now, speaking of LSU, I wasn't able to get it in the last segment, but I do want to talk about it here, and that is, uh, you know what, you know, Drum Tang and company are already going after some players mm -hmm. in the portal, mm -hmm. and the first name that has officially popped up. That has been connected to K State in a recruiting, uh, recruiting forum, and that is Brandon Murray. So Brandon Murray has played one year of college basketball. His freshman year was at LSU. He's a transfer guard. He enters the transfer portal after Matt McMahon takes over the job. So this, according to Adam uh, Finkelstein of ESPN, he says that Brandon Murray has been contacted by Auburn. Tennessee, Illinois, Cincinnati, Georgetown, Maryland, Virginia, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and others, but also in the others, that includes Kansas State. Now, this is not too bad of a start for Jerome Tang and company, because three years of eligibility remaining, a 6'5 guy from Baltimore, Maryland, last uh, guard I can think of from Baltimore was Kamal Stokes. SEC all-freshman team, that's great. He started 32 out of 33 games. That's great as a freshman. 10 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists a game. Shoots 43%, and he was 34% from 3-point range. That is not too shabby, folks. Mm -hmm. Now, 
But here's what I really like about him. He was considered one of the best, if not the best, defenders for LSU. What made LSU good enough to be a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament? Defense. Mm -hmm. LSU was very good defensively this year. As a matter of fact, we'll start with just the overall scoring, allowing 63 points a game. That was second best in the SEC. That was 30th nationally, but we're not done there. One of the best steals team in the country, 11 per game. As a matter of fact, they were actually the best steals team in the country. But what I really liked about them, they were fourth best in the country when it came to stopping teams from shooting the three ball. They allowed teams to shoot 28.2% from three. That was fourth best in the country. And guess who's going to guard those three-point shooters? Well, most likely it's going to be guards. Sure. So not a bad start. And by the way, uh, Coach Dowling, who was expected to come to K-State, is definitely going to happen from North Texas. Mm -hmm. He recruited him out of high school. Uh Oh. Didn't land him. Sure. But they have that connection already. There is a connection, yeah. And by the way, out of high school, four-star, 73rd nationally out of high school, according to Rivals.com. All right. Let's get to uh, some audio that was from yesterday. This was from Breakout Sessions. So this wasn't the actual press conference. But uh, first of all, I did not like the location. It was a bad spot to do these interviews. But uh, so hopefully the the background noise won't be too much here. But we had an opportunity to speak with Nigel Pack and Gene Taylor. There are other players as well. But um, we'll start with Gene Taylor. He was asked a number of questions about uh, the process of hiring some coaches. Also, he shared a story about when he and others from K-State Athletics went to Jerome Ting's house and have a discussion with the old coach. Was there a budget going into coaches for a certain number that you didn't want to exceed? In terms of the salary? Of salary. Well, we knew where, where Bruce was um, and the staff, and we felt, you know, most of all of our candidates we talked to would have fit in within that. Um, but, yeah, we weren't going to be cheap, but we were going to go out and get the best candidate. But we were also going to pay, pay a fair amount. You know, he's a first-time head coach. and like, well, okay, you can lowball him. No, we want to make sure we got him. Make sure he was comfortable with the offer. Make sure he could get the assistance that he needed. And so we felt pretty good about it. He felt pretty good about it. So uh, we're, we're very comfortable with it. And we're still building that a little bit right now. How quickly did you know he was the guy? <laughs> well, you don't want to say that the first time you met him because, you know, he's your first guy. Literally walked in. I don't remember. It was between games. It was on Friday, I think, we talked to him. Um, but it, the way he impressed us, just his energy, his passion, he was funny. Uh, he knew about, he knew us already. He'd already done his homework from the time we reached out to him. Um, but we said we got to challenge ourselves to make sure we go out and still talk to really capable coaches. And we did that. And we talked to some really good coaches. Uh, and at the end of the day, we kept coming back to Jerome. And we said, all right, we got to move pretty quickly. So that's why we flew to Waco. And then I was done at that point. I was like, we're going to offer the guy. He was joking about the code word. I'll tell you the story about that. So as we were driving from the airport to his house, Chad Chatlos, our search firm guy, says, hey, are we going to come up with a code word for, like, if we want to get out of the house early and he's not our guy or if we want to make the offer? And I said, so we couldn't come up with a code word in time. And so literally, because we weren't that smart, and we pull in the driveway and we're like, ah, we have to figure this out. So literally late in the, like I said, we were there three hours. And about three-quarters of the way through, everybody kind of took a break. 
And I said, okay, what's the code word? And everybody, Kenny and everybody looked at me like, forget the code word, just offering the job. So that's, that's what he was joking about. So it, it didn't take long, but he was just so knowledgeable of us, how he taught basketball. He, he had film up there. I mean, at that point, it just became, okay, we feel really good about him as a person, as a family. And so that's why we offered there in his house. How soon do you think assistance will be announced? I think pretty soon. I mean, you got to kind of work through, you know, who he wants to talk to. Uh, we have to get, you know, approval, background checks, and all that stuff. So I imagine uh, that we can help him through that process. They'll be announced here. Maybe not all of them, but probably a couple of them here pretty soon. How many candidates did you guys end up going for? Oh, physically talking to him either Zoom or in person uh, was probably seven or eight guys. Uh, like I said, all were head coaches except, uh, except Jerome. What would have been your code word to get out of there? I know what mine would be. Politics. Oh, that would have cleared the room at that point. Oh, geez, this guy bringing up, bringing up politics. We out of here. Um, what do you think, guys? Time to go get some wings? Might have no, that's dangerous because yeah. if you're bringing that up to the group, you're like, hey, let's go out to dinner. You're trying to get him to, you know. Right. That would, that would not be. Yeah, a- good point. Yeah, I'd have to come up with a better one. Politics is a pretty good one. The code word has to be something that that can wrap up a conversation. Although, I I suppose maybe you could get things stirred up if you bring up politics. I guess it depends on the person. But it's, you know... You're not identifying any names. You're no longer talking sports. You're not identifying any names if if you just utilize the word politics. Let's hear from uh, Nigel Pack. So he... I suppose the big news around him, he is declared for the the NBA draft process. Declared, quote yeah, unquote. So he, he's basically just testing the waters, getting feedback. Uh, let's hear from uh, Nigel Pack. NBA draft experience. Um, just to get better. I mean, obviously, being a basketball player, the NBA is definitely everybody's end goal. Um, to get the opportunity to go out and get better, get feedback from, from people um, that you know the places that you want to play at. I mean, that's obviously what we all want. Uh, I'm getting really comfortable. I mean, you know, our teammates have been supporting each other. Um, we've been really, each of us has been really patient with the process, um, taking our times, um, trusting Gene and what he's doing. I mean, he promised he was going to go get somebody really good, um, and that's what he did. So we just got to trust him. We got to trust each other. We got to be patient. What did Bruce say when he told you guys he wasn't coming back? I mean, obviously, he's really emotional in Kansas City. Uh, the morning after um, we lost, he, he told us that, you know, that was his, his final game with us. Um, obviously, it was sad for all of us. Um, we got to talk to him a little bit, you know, individually um, when we got back to Manhattan. I mean, but obviously, you know, it's just, it sucks for all of us. I mean, we came here to play for Bruce Weber, um, but, you know, times change and things change. And now we got a great guy like Jerome, the coach is now, so we're really excited for him. What do you think this team's capable of next season? I mean, obviously, you know, we got really talented a lot around us. I mean, we're, we're all, you know, getting older and getting more experienced. Um, I, I believe we're definitely an NCAA tournament team. We should be playing at this time next year for sure. Um, it, was, it was exciting. I mean, you know, you never know what he was going to say. Um, it was our first official meeting. Um, got to see him, you know, not online, but actually in person. And, I mean, he was very serious about everything he said. I mean, he told us everything was about winning. Um, and that's, that's what you really want to hear from your next head coach. He wants to be a winner. He wants us, and he all promises, you know, that this time next year we're going to be playing. So we're going to hold him to that. I'm sorry I missed earlier. Did, are you open to possibly coming back next year? 
draft process? I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm going to keep all, all opportunities open. Um, going to the draft, I mean, it obviously, is a really, you know, key thing, you know, be a childhood dream. Um, just going in there and work as hard as possible to get better. Um, Coach Tang said he was open to helping me, you know, with, with this process to get me better. Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, happy for him to be here to help me and uh, help the team to get better as well. But if you do come back to college, it'll be to K-State? I haven't thought about, you know, what, what I'm going to do yet, but um, obviously K-State is definitely going to be, you know, in the, in the, in the priorities because I, I love being in K-State. And, you know, Coach Tang is definitely a great coach, and I feel like he can help me become a better player. Shout to Arnie coming up with those heavy-hitting questions. The only thing I'm going to add to that is with Nigel Pack in the NBA draft process, I, I don't really see any way that he does stick with the draft. It's all about just getting advice, getting an idea of what he needs to work on, so it prepares him for later down the road and playing professional basketball. It's the path that Ochai Abaji took in, in preparation for this year, and, and maybe it surprised folks that Abaji came back to Kansas, but uh, in many ways, he took that material that he found out in the process, and it made him a much better player. I don't think that we can argue oh, yeah. that fact. And uh, it, if if that's the way to go for Nigel, uh, you know, all the best in that aspect. I, 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 I don't have a, a hesitation with him testing the waters. I really don't. Because the other thing to keep in mind here is that you know, the NBA draft isn't what it used to be. It's not seven rounds. It's two rounds. And so, you know, if you're not going to be one of those guys in those two rounds, your best bet is to come back. Your best opportunity is to come back and work on getting yourself in a much better position than for the next time around. And to be able to utilize the information that you can get from a draft process for the NBA uh, can only help your game going forward. We're on until 5.30 today instead of 6 o'clock because of K-State baseball. They start at 5.30 as it's a game one of a three-game series at number 19 TCU down in Fort Worth, Texas. And what a series they had last year, not only in Manhattan, but also playing three games in the uh, Big 12 tournament down in Oklahoma City. Mm, excuse me. Uh, Brian Smaller and Chris Brown will be on that call, but since we're on until 5.30, that means number one song of the day is an hour one extravaganza, and that's coming up next. I should have said before the break, we're coming back with an absolute banger. Nailed it. From 1990, I'm Your Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston. Just one week at number one. It's not her most popular song. It's not her most popular number one, not even close. But no. Still a pretty good one. American singer and actress from Newark, New Jersey. She was nicknamed The Voice. Turn it up. Troy, did you know she's one of the best-selling recording artists of all time? Absolutely, because the voice continues to resonate. 
Sales of over 200 million records worldwide. Now, she's the only artist to ever have seven consecutive singles go number one. Mm. And of course, that acting chops. She was in the romantic thriller The Bodyguard in 92. At the time of its release, it was the 10th highest grossing film of all time. Now you won't find it in the top 50. Because every superhero movie out there <laughs> grosses like $2 billion. I'm telling you guys, it's rinse and repeat with those superhero movies. Predictable, if I may say so. Right. I'm just not a big superhero uh, movie guy. But, unfortunately, February 11th of 2012, Whitney Houston was found dead in suite number 434 at the Beverly Hills, uh, Beverly Hilton Hotel, rather. She was submerged in a bathtub, and it was determined about a month later, a little over a month later, by the L.A. County Coroner's Office. Uh, she died by drowning at the effects of heart disease and cocaine use. But she is certified as one of the best-selling female R&B artists of the 20th, 20th century. She also sold more physical singles than any other female solo artist in history. Reading anything good over there? I am. I was trying to see real quick. This album would have been really, other than the Bodyguard soundtrack, which included the remake of the Dolly Parton classic. This would have been the last album in which she had exceptionally pop viable singles. So, well, this was from like, this is the title uh, song from mm -hmm. her, from this album. And it was kind of her, in a comeback in a way, like mm -hmm. she took a three year hiatus and then came back with this album. And seven studio albums, 31 top 40 hits. This is her eighth of 11 Number once, I'm Your Baby Tonight was her third album. So, but she came back and producers were trying to do this whole thing. Because they felt like she just wasn't clicking like she used to. Mm -hmm. And they thought the reason was because she just wasn't appealing enough to the black audience. Which she was like, okay, that's, that's silly. Because I don't make my music for just a race. I don't care if you're black or white. I make music for everybody. But the producers felt that now they needed to get her in just a new direction. She was lacking. So this was the product of that mindset. I'm Your Baby Tonight received a lot of mixed reviews. Mm -hmm. Now, this song was popular. It still, it still received a few mixed reviews, but the album in general, mixed reviews. It didn't exactly hit like previous albums did really she had the two albums that were just gangbusters and then she had the fact that the bodyguard soundtrack took off the way it did behind right. i will always love you which was after this correct and that's what i'm getting at in many ways this besides that one song wound up being probably the most pop sounding album she had now following her death in in 2012 Entertainment Weekly published a list of Whitney Houston. Do you know much about her music? Like, could you name a bunch of her songs? I, I don't think I could. I, I could. Um, I can be, I need Sage? my memory jogged a bit, but. Are you a Whitney Houston fan? I mean, I like Whitney Houston in terms of, I love her voice. I think she's a fantastic musician. 
But you know, you know, just the general, like her biggest hits, what, like Higher Love, things like that. People can name her biggest hits. I was going to say, uh, Higher Love even really didn't top out as as high as some of the earlier stuff she did. That yeah, that's true. You know, I don't when, know. When, when you get into you good 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 love off of the debut album, saving all my love for you in there. You know, I mean that that album that album got people's attention, especially when you go with greatest love of all, because that very quickly showed the chops that she had. What I was talking about earlier, though, when she died, a, a bunch of music sources a lot of sites a lot of tv channels they put out lists of like their be- of the best whitney houston songs two lists that did pop uh that got a lot of traction one of them was from entertainment weekly that said i'm your baby tonight was her 18th best song bet placed it at number 23 on the best uh the 40 best whitney houston songs really i just thought that like i don't know her discography that well but i would figure this would be a lot higher than 23. I think as much as anything, it comes down to that, again, this was the point where, as you brought up, the producers were starting to look at, well, how can we uh, change things up a little bit with her and get that popularity back? Let's take a break. When we come back, I've noticed um, Australia does things a little bit differently when it comes to storming the field. That's next, the game. Sage knows what's up. Good job. Back to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Sage Williams. Uh, no DG. Uh, he might show up a little bit later, but he wasn't able to be in, at least for now. But uh, quickly, I do want to get to this story out of Australia with the Australian Football League. I don't know any. I, I've watched like a few matches of Australian football, but I can't tell you like the rules or how it works exactly. It's a bit confusing, the, the, you can the, imagine. The old Saturday night drunk watch ESPN oh, yeah, because it was the only thing on. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember those a couple of times. We had a party really late, and that's the only thing that pops up on the TV yep. at 1 a.m. Um, they do storming the field a little bit differently <laughs> over there in the down under. So what happened was it was a Australian football match between the Sydney Swans and the Geelong Cats. The Swans are going to win the match, and it's like six minutes left, and their star player, Lance Buddy Franklin, is about to hit a legendary milestone of his 1,000th goal. Again, I don't know how these goals take place. I just know he kicks it through these uprights that have no crossbar. But he kicks it. He makes it. It's his 1,000th goal. In the stadium that's jam-packed, all start rushing the field from all angles. There's still five minutes left in the match, right? But they're storming the field, Jeez. and what made it really cool was the on the PA or on the uh, on the system, the sound system. They start playing "My Hero" by the Foo Fighters. It's kind of like a scene <laughs> out of a movie. It was pretty neat. If you haven't seen it, it's on my Twitter account at Mitch the Fort. A really cool sports moment outside of the United States. We needed to address a question, and it's a question I don't like. That's up next on the game. <laughs> 